0: Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: Thank you to our friends at Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the 2024 Colin Coward Show. Panini America delivers a premier collecting experience with the most sought-after NFL, NBA, FIFA, and WNBA trading cards. Whether you're chasing rookie sensations or collecting timeless legends, Panini's got it. Panini America is also breaking new ground in NIL, featuring some of the biggest names in college sports. Turn first-round picks like Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix Jr., and more. Visit PaniniAmerica.net today. The Volume. Hi, everybody, and welcome in to our Friday morning podcast. So I'm going to introduce you. Many of you already know them if you play fantasy football to the, one of the newest podcasts to join the volume. It's called Fantasy Pros. And obviously, people have been playing fantasy sports for a long time. I remember a story years ago. I was on a plane. I was out of college. And. I was a broadcaster for the Las Vegas Stars, the AAA affiliate of the San Diego Padres. And sitting in front of me was a young man named Sean Abner. He had been a top pick. I don't know why I thought he was a top pick in the Mets organization, traded to the Padres. Maybe he wasn't, but his name was Sean Abner. Outfielder, great sense of humor, um, fun guy. Never panned out as a great player. And Bruce Bochy was our manager. And Bochy and Sean Abner on this American West Airlines plane, I have no idea why I remember it was an American West Airlines plane. We were in coach and we all had aisle seats. And I asked them what they were playing and they were playing rotisserie baseball. And it sounded so complicated to me. I'm like, do you guys watch every game? How in God's name can you keep up? I'm like... We live in Vegas. Just go bet the games. Just just go to the Palace Station, one of the station casinos, Caesars Palace, bet the games. And that was my first introduction to rotisserie baseball. And this was years ago. It was in the early 90s. So forward to today, uh, I tend to be a gambler. I bet on games. I don't play fantasy sports. But I also, throughout the course of my life, realized that I don't always like things the public does. And since I've created the volume, I felt we had a hole in the company during the football season during late July, August, September uh, on through, you know, Christmas. We didn't have a good fantasy show. So we listened to a lot of them. And I wanted people that knew their stuff, sense of humor, uh, easy to listen to. And we found these guys fantasy pros. And so I'm going to give you a sample of them today. They they work their butts off. And I think it's pretty easy in my business, if you listen to somebody for five or six minutes, if they sound like people you'd like to hang out with. And I think the guys at Fantasy Pros really sounded like that. And that that's a big part of what we've done at the volume. We've tried to find unique talent. Shannon Sharp just joined us. I love Shannon. I helped bring him to FS1. I think he's interesting, highly verbal easy to laugh. He's all the things that a former great player should be. He's diligent, hardworking, focused, uh, has a wide range of knowledge on pop culture, nutrition, movies, football. Uh, Shannon Sharps, that was one of the biggest days in the volume's history. And we've had, I'd say, six or seven days that were really meaningful. Some of them are days in which we sign a sponsor and we we don't talk about, right? You don't care about that stuff. But Shannon um, makes us as legitimate as we've ever been. He's a tremendous talent. We'll put him all over our YouTube page. So I'm just really excited as we go into a football season. Now, you know we have snaps, the SEC guys, and John Middlecoff, Jason McIntyre. But Shannon Sharp and Fantasy Pros, I think, really take us to another level in our football coverage. And I'm totally jacked. This has been the last couple of weeks. I have had this daunting head cold for two weeks. I had it, it left, I've got it back. I'm struggling with equilibrium. I can barely stand up. So if I seem a little punchy recently on the air, uh, that explains that I can't breathe, I'm wobbling all over the place. Um, some of it's just, I told my wife, I get stressed out sometimes and I get sick when I get stressed. And so we've really uh, been working diligently. We have more huge news, which... Um, I think we're going to deliver uh, later next week. I'm excited about. But, um, you know, I just I love going into football seasons because stories that you are not going to believe are going to be unveiled. I mean, Gran Turismo is this movie that I, by the way, I've seen billboards all over the country for it, where it doesn't sound it possible. It literally doesn't sound possible. A gamer, a race car gamer goes into an academy Wins a contest in the academy and then goes into a racing circuit with a very aspirational auto executive and a failed race car driver and eventually wins races. That doesn't even sound like it's true. It is true. It's a fascinating movie. And when I watched that movie, one of the things it led me to, and it's something I've always believed, be very careful about thinking something is a hot take. If I would have said to you, you know, there'd be a kid that's going to be a gamer. And he's eventually an executive is going to say, I'm going to take this kid and make him a race car driver against real pros. And he's going to be wildly successful almost immediately. You'd be like, cuckoo, cuckoo, hot take guy. Kevin Durant's going to leave Oklahoma City and end up with the Warriors, the rival. They've already got Stephen Clay. They don't do they have enough basketballs? What a hot take. When you watch Gran Turismo, my takeaway is, that's crazy. That makes absolutely no sense. And I think that's what I love about football. For the last 30-plus years, four new teams minimum have made the playoffs. That's minimum. The average is six. Every time I make predictions this time of the year, people are like, oh, give me a break. Carolina Panthers make the playoffs. Well, it, it can't just be the Eagles, the Niners, the Cowboys, the Seahawks, the Packers. There's got to be new teams, the Vikings. It can't just be the Chiefs and the Bengals and the Bills and the Jaguars. It's got to be new teams. And so that's why I, I've always laughed, it kind of eye-rolled at the, at the term hot take. Sports gives us the unexpected, the Gran Turismo, the crazy, the wild, the unexpected, the gamer turn race car driver It's what I love about this season, it's what I love about sports, it's what I loved about the movie. All right, let's go to our guys. They're interesting, Fantasy Pros, really fun 25-minute discussion, here we go. We had a discussion after last football season, and I said, you know, we really don't have um, a fantasy group. That And I said, it's, it's I've always been a better over fantasy, but I said, my friends are fantasy over betting. And I said, anytime I've done a remote and said, how many people play fantasy? A hundred hands go up. And I'm like, how many people bet and hands go up? But fantasy, I believe in America still, uh, it's more popular. And so we were looking for a group that had personality that was accurate, that was fun, didn't take themselves too seriously. And we listen to a lot of tapes, and that you guys were the obvious choice. And um, it's really exciting for us because, you know, as our company grows, we've got so many different shows. Like we have a, you know, Daniel Cormier was an actual UFC fighter. He's ringside. Shannon Sharp can do pop culture and sports. We just didn't your space. We thought we did a poor job on it our first two years. We're like, we're just not doing a good job. We had gambling talk, but not fantasy. And I didn't think you guys would be available. But to be honest with you, I
0: was like, (laughs) Well, to be honest, Colin, if uh, if, you know, if Colin Coward calls you, you pick up the phone. That's what I <laughs> would say. Let's be honest. I wish my wife believed that. You well, know that's a, that's another show. We can't have time for that conversation today. That's for sure. But Daniel Cormier, by the way, came on with me on the Betting Pros podcast, and he was fantastic. We did a whole preview of UFC 291. We talked WWE, he and I, because we're both big fans. So it was a great time. And again, uh, I encourage everybody. I'm sure you already know about the volume network, but the, the shows they have on there phenomenal you got all the athletes who have their own shows on there and the the myriad of different content you guys are doing is just tremendous and like i said we're just excited and i'm excited that you're excited so let's talk about football because we've got questions here all right and we're gonna land this all up right. for you the first burning question i think these are important because this is i always say you know we love to talk about fantasy stuff but real football and fantasy that intersects everything's coming here together the numbers come around obviously the same thing with some of these situations and how they impact fantasy first question i want to ask you colin Will the Lions crumble under expectations? It's one thing to be the plucky underdog every single year, and all of a sudden you're building this thing. But now you look at Vegas, they're telling you they believe in the Lions. You're telling the rest of the league believes in the Lions. Do you think that the Lions are ready to believe in themselves as a favorite?
1: Um, I am, as long as... The expectations are 10 to 11 wins and not 12, 13 or 14. Uh, the NFC is the weaker conference. If you look at Jared Goff's career, it's pretty clear when he has a clean pocket and protection. He's a really good quarterback. He's not as good outdoors. He's not as good under duress. He's not as good forced to run, but the Lions have a top five to six offensive line, more than enough weapons jared goff with time to throw in los angeles when he struggled against the niners the rams o-line couldn't block the niners d-line he struggled right and mcveigh saw that and so there's a way great quarterbacks don't have to win a certain way good ones do goff does but this team allows him to play the way he's very successful time in the pocket i think they'll have a very good run game Jared Goff throwing on third and two or second and five is a really good quarterback.
0: Yeah, I like the expectations too. 10-11 wins, we start pushing 11-12, then we start having a bad conversation. Justin Fields, everybody's talking about him. Will Justin Fields take the next step forward? or we fall backwards in 2023. I know they gave him DJ Moore, they've given him Roshan Johnson, Deontay Foreman, some upgraded offensive line pieces. Is that enough? Are we ready to finally see Justin Fields from Ohio State? Or are we going to see Justin Fields who has been hit and miss at the quarterback position? Great in fantasy, but that's not everything.
1: Yeah, I think he'll be a hit um, because they were last in the league last year in yards after catch. And so between the upgrade at wide receiver, tight end, and I think the kid they got out of Texas, the running back, is one of the steals of the draft. He's going to get much so, more support yards after the catch. That's what makes Kansas City and San Francisco so good. Brock Purdy gets it out to Debo, McCaffrey, Kittle. It's yards after contact. It's yards after catch. And so this kid, he was asked to do – Way too much last year. He just, outside of Mooney and Cole Komet, he just didn't have a lot of next-level players. Tanyan's a really good pickup. Uh, Claypool, I'm hit and miss on. DJ Moore's good. Um, yards after catch will allow him to throw on third and short and second and five. It felt like last year he was in third and nine constantly so yes i think if you look at his splits last year he was better in the last six games in the first six he's getting better
0: it's time it'll work erickson uh your thoughts on fields here i know we've had a lot of conversations on the fantasy side do you see these new pieces and this renewed optimism here for fields to take a step forward
2: i do you know last year he was qb six and points per game 11 games played from weeks five through 17 he was qb five And that was with no weapons to throw to. So it's much harder to get completions when you're throwing to Chase Claypool, who has just joined the team. But now you have DJ Moore, you have Darnell Wright added to the offensive line. I think that he's set for stardom in year three, specifically in fantasy football.
0: Yeah, well, certainly the rushing equity off the charts. We saw that last year. If you added him in a single quarterback league, even, he got you to the playoffs. I mean, that run was just spectacular. Let's go to another one, too. Last year, feel-good story. Colin, I love feel-good stories. The problem is, sometimes they don't always last. Uh, Can Geno Smith replicate? His 2022 season, which was really good from a fantasy perspective. And let's be honest, from a Seattle Seahawks perspective, they were very pleased. So do you think that this is just the new version of Geno Smith or is this a one off?
1: Um, you know, I'm split on it. The O line, um, young O line, I thought deteriorated a little at the end of last year. Uh, The running back got hurt, so they drafted Zach Charbonnet of UCLA, which I thought was a really smart move. So uh, Walker's a really hard running kid from Michigan State, but he gets banged up. So they went and said, you know what? Geno needs a running back, a a top running back. So when Walker left, the O-line deteriorates. It's more on Geno. So I think Seattle saw that and said, you know what? We're going to go get a running back 1A. So we're always going to have a top running back. They also went and drafted a slot receiver with Lockett and DK Metcalf. And so th- I think they they know what Geno is. It's a little like Dak Prescott or Kirk Cousins. With a run game, with support, they can manage you to a lot of wins. They can't carry you with no run game. They can't carry you with a deteriorating O-line. So my guess is he dips a little bit. There's there, You regress to the mean a little bit. But I do think Seattle is smart enough. I think the O line will be better this year. Just it's year two in the league for those tackles. So I, I think he's gonna look pretty similar to last year. Passer rating last year was near the top of the league. I, I imagine that pulls back a little, but he won't embarrass Seattle. He he falls into the camp of quarterbacks nine through fourteen in the league. Um, you know, they can win, they can't carry. He mm-hmm. can win. It's Kirk Cousins is very much in that, but they can't carry you. And I think that's what Gino is.
0: Well, and you got to have that offensive line ready to go in that division, too, because you've got guys like Aaron Donald in the front. And obviously what you saw last year from that San Francisco pass rush. We'll see how Nick Bosa wants to side. He wants to come back and play. We'll see how that works out. Erickson. I want to ask you this one here. This is, a, this is a fun Jet question. You know, we keep talking about all we need for the, for the New York Jets is what, a quarterback? That's it. That's all we need. Well, they got one. They got a Hall of Fame quarterback. He's not quite the same guy he was a few years ago, but obviously a huge upgrader over what they had. Is Aaron Rodgers really the only thing the Jets need to make a run at the Super Bowl? And I know that sounds lofty, Andrew. But in your opinion, do you think that you could take this offense that was ranked 29th in points last year, put Aaron Rodgers there with the pieces they have with these now two running backs with Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook and actually run through the AFC?
2: I think in theory, it makes sense, you know, why the Jets made the move. They wanted to get the veteran quarterback in the building to upgrade, pairing him with his elite defense. But the other issues at hand, the brutal schedule over the start first six weeks, no one has a tougher schedule than the New York Jets. Offensive line issues on the New York Jets, specifically at the tackle position. Like, that's scary. You have a, you know, Aaron Rodgers is no spring chicken. Like, he's going to be entering his age 40 season here. They got to make sure he is protected. We saw him get banged up a little bit last year with a finger injury. thumb Like, if that influenced his play, which was not great last year, then there's potential issues here. So, they need good Aaron Rodgers to make the Super Bowl run. And I'm not so sure... Of him at this age, he hasn't passed for 300 yards since week 14 of the 2021 season. So so for me, I'm on the side of, of really fading the New York Jets hype and ultra competitive AFC East. And I bet the under on their projected win total. So I'm not in on the Jets, but I'd, I'd be interested to see what, uh, what Colin's take is.
0: Yeah, Colin, I, I want to ask you about the Jets because with hard knocks on top of it. You're talking about, I mean, as much press as you could possibly get in a situation and it had enough press in the offseason. Now you're adding hard knocks to the fire. Is it going to get to a point here where the Jets that people are going to start believing too much in the Jets? And should people pump the brakes? Well, yeah, I mean, they've there's a lot of
1: blinking red lights here. Corey Davis now retires. So you have Garrett Wilson, a 23 year old, your number one receiver. Alan Lazard's a three. They want to make him a two. Andy Reid bailed on McCole Hardman. The tight end position isn't highly productive. It's like, and we don't, we don't like the tackles. Does that sound like an AFC championship team? Like there's just, you know, everybody bangs on the giants, but we love their tackles. Waller and Saquon Barkley are veteran weapons, offensive coach, quarterback in their prime, good defensive front. The jets are flashier. You can argue the giants have really key pieces left tackle. Um, You know, quarterback prime, offensive coach, you know, Giants playing in the same MetLife Stadium are getting dragged by everybody. And I'm like, I'm not so sure that the offensive coach with a quarterback in his prime who had a higher passer rating than Aaron Rodgers last year may not be the play in New York and not the Jets.
0: Yeah, the defense certainly on the Jets side is working in their favor. It's just whether or not the offense can meet the expectations. And just like the Lions now, they've got expectations. This baseball
1: season continues to heat up. You could watch it on TV, but what's better than going to the park on a beautiful summer day with friends for last minute, amazing deals on tickets. Check out Game Time, the fastest growing ticket app in the United States. And it doesn't stop at just sports. Summer concerts, comedy tours, all across the country. Game Time has your tickets. Download the Game Time app. And the redeem code is Colin. That's me. C-O-L-I-N. $20 off your first purchase. 20 bucks, No matter where you live, go out. End the summer in style. Comedy. Baseball. Concerts. It's the Game Time app. Last minute deals, lowest prices guaranteed, $20 off your first purchase, 20 bucks. Terms apply. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their continental test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying
2: should be. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket.
0: Let's get to another burning question here for the NFL season. This is a fun one here, Colin. Is Jordan Love the next great Packer quarterback And this historic run that they've had of going from Favre to the aforementioned Aaron Rodgers? And now Jordan Love starting to show some flashes here. It's only preseason, but I'm sure people all over Chicago and people all over Minnesota are starting to say, oh, no, not again. Uh, Do you think we're getting to that point with Jordan Love where people are going to start buying in on the hype? Well, Favre and Rodgers are arguably top 12 quarterbacks ever. I feel sure. pretty
1: confident Jordan Love will not enter that space. Agreed. The question is, um there's a lot of boxes he checks. You know, he's big enough, he's mobile, his arm's fine. Um, I think we have to be honest that outside of an, of an occasional Trevor Lawrence or Andrew Luck or John Elway, Where you land is about 80% of your success as a quarterback. Mahomes landing in Houston is not going to be hoisting trophies. He gets Andy Reid, the Hunt family, Brett Veach. It's a whole different reality. Matt Stafford, Detroit. Matt Stafford, Sean McVay. Trophy, struggling for the playoffs. So my takeaway is the Packers O-line, excellent. Run game, excellent. Offensive coach, wonky division. He's probably going to be successful. But what is success? What if he's Kirk Cousins with better mobility? I think Green Bay would sign up for that today. And that's what I think you're going to have. Kind of a Dak Cousins with an athletic kid who can move. They can move the pocket. By the way, Matt LaFleur likes to move the pocket. Couldn't much with Aaron as he declined in mobility. So I think they're going to move the pocket a lot. The offense is going to look different. It's going to look more youthful. And I think they'll be successful as long as we keep expectations more toward Kirk Cousins and less toward Favre and Aaron Rodgers.
0: Andrew, when we're talking about the athleticism of Jordan Love, too, and his ability maybe to get out and do some other things Aaron Rodgers wasn't capable of doing, what does that mean from a fantasy perspective? Because I know we have expectations they're going to rely heavily on that run game that Colin was talking about with A.J. Dillon and, of course, Aaron Jones. But Christian Watson's a piece that's coming relatively cheap still in drafts, and that guy is a huge playmaker. I know there's still some questions about the consistency, but we saw the playmaking ability. We saw the speed. We saw you could change a game. Is he somebody in fantasy you're investing in in 23?
2: Yeah, I love Christian Watson, and the fact that Christian Watson can also, he's a dual threat in terms of he can win after the catch, so he can take a screen or a slant to the house, and he can also win downfield, which takes advantage of Jordan Love's big arm, so Jordan Love's moving around the pocket, making off-script plays, I think Christian Watson is going to be that guy that delivers splash plays downfield. All right, now here's
0: a fun one. Andrew, I'm going to give you a shot at this one first, because we had this conversation on betting pros, I've had it with a bunch of people, I've already made investment, and it seems to be the one where everybody's got a different answer. Who's going to win the NFC South,
2: Andrew? Go ahead. I'm going with the Atlanta Falcons. You know, Arthur Smith has handpicked top 10 overall offensive players at running back, wide receiver, tight end over the last 3 seasons. We've got Pitts, London, Bijan. Defense has added key players through free agency and the NFL draft with their sights set on winning now. Like people are joining this defense because they're not rebuild. Like Calais Campbell bringing him in. He wanted to come to the Falcons because I think this team can win. And when you look at the division they play in, it's the worst division in all of football. So I think that the Falcons can run the table here. I'm not afraid of Derek Carr. Like if it's Derek Carr and the Saints, that is the biggest thing standing between the Falcons and an NFC South title. I'll take that all day. So for me, obviously, see the question mark comes around Desmond Ritter entering year two. But I think in a similar way to a Jordan Love where he should, all he needs to do is facilitate an offense with all of these skilled players around him, similar to a Ryan Tannehill that Arthur Smith had so much success with in Tennessee. So well, Ritter wasn't a perfect prospect coming out of Cincinnati, but the one thing that he did do was win games. Third most wins by quarterback in college football history, including NFL and college. Ritter is 28-0 at home. The Atlanta Falcons opened the season at home. Panthers and Packers, they're starting 2-0, so I'm back in the Falcons.
0: What a fun, meaningless trend that you threw out there, <laughs> as if that somehow means anything for anything. Look, I'm already invested in the Falcons, but it's mostly a Bijan Robinson reason. Like, that's that's the whole point that I keep making. Like, this is a uh, like head coach that knows how to run the football, wants to run the football, needs to run the football, and an offensive line. They got Tyler Algier over 1,000 yards last year. Yeah. Colin, yeah. there's some questions here about this division. So when you look at it from your perspective, who do you think is really the front runner in the NFC South? Because once again, last year it was disappointing. Yeah, I
1: mean Derek Carr is the best proven quarterback. The Saints, I think, have the best roster. That's probably where I'd lean. Their schedule's weak. A lot of betters like Atlanta. Um, mm-hmm. Arthur Smith, good old underrated O line. Um, a lot of first round, you know, tight end, running back players. So I think I think in a in a league that has pivoted in the last eight to nine years to offense, they've got really high end offensive players with a very nice offensive line. I don't know anything about Desmond Ritter. I watched them in college too. So I mean, if I would probably go Car in the Saints roster, but there is no proof that the head coach of the Saints is more than a defensive coordinator. He bombed with the Raiders, and I mean he, Sean Payton to him was an ugly first year. Yes. And Sean Payton won with Bridgewater, Jameis Winston, Drew Brees, Taysom Hill. So it's like I'm putting stock that the Saints coach finds his – he finds himself. He he pivots. He, he somehow finds this magic, but there's no proof it's true. Atlanta is so hot with all the betters. Sometimes you have to acknowledge I didn't see it. So I still have a week or two to make my picks. Atlanta, I really thought Carolina would be interesting, but they have been so overwhelmed up front offensively in two games. I mean, it's not even – it's like, oh, my God, this is – potentially bryce young small a disaster so i think atlanta is what the smart money that's where the smart money's going but i'm not smart money i'd go saints
0: <laughs> well now i feel even smarter money because now you're talking about everybody else in it and i'm in it and andrew's in it so that's good <laughs> So we feel good let's leave on that high note and i'm glad you brought up the offensive line issue there in carolina because that's another thing too that really starts to concern me that size of bryce young concerned me anyway and if you, you can't not protect this guy you have to protect him more than you would your normal quarterback if you were going to keep this kid upright and playing 17 games in the NFL. Let's get to another one here. Normally, after you lose a Super Bowl, especially in a tight fashion, especially in a disappointing fashion, we've seen teams the next year, things don't go their way. Now, the Eagles last year were very close to winning that game. You can make that argument. They're just another one in this line of teams, Colin, where you have this team go to the Super Bowl, have a great year. Everything works out. They fall short the next year. They have high expectations, but again, doesn't work out. Now, I am completely invested in the Eagles because I think they can absolutely regain that stature more because the NFC is weak than anything else. Do you see the Eagles being able to get away from that recent trend of those Super Bowl teams that lose and then disappoint the next year? Can the Eagles be the exception to the rule?
1: Uh, I think they're going to pull back. Shane Steichen's a significant loss. I think he's brilliant. I was told years ago by the Chargers GM, Tom Telesco, I went to lunch with him and he said, boy, we have a young offensive coach that is really good. So Shane Steichen took Herbert rookie year huge numbers. Jalen Hurts turned him around. I think that's a loss. Um Sirianni struggled coaching this team before he handed over the play calling duties to Shane Steichen, and then everything took off. Uh they lost a couple of their best uh defenders. You know, they let some linebackers go. Their schedule's much tougher. Remember, last year they faced a collection of kind of backup quarterbacks and second-tier quarterbacks who were fell behind in games. So Jalen Hurts played with a lead and often a significant lead in many games. Well, as you guys know, Baker Mayfield looks good with a lead. That's not the league, right? What, what makes Mahomes great is he can trail 17 nothing third quarter or second quarter. And it just he plays the same way. So I don't think they'll have these gigantic 24-3 leads at half. They'll play from behind. The games will be closer. They'll miss Nick Sirianni. They'll be a good team to a very good team. But at at times last year, they looked like Alabama and Nick Saban's early dynasty. Like they were just – the games were over at half. That's not the NFL. (laughs) That is just not – Dallas could be better. I think the Giants are fine. I've watched Sam Howell in the preseason. I talked to Greg Cosell today. You can win games with Sam Howell. Uh, I think Chicago's better. There's a lot of teams. um, Detroit could be better. Uh, The NFC is going to be a little better than we think. And I think Philadelphia pulls back. I still think they win the division, but I think they have to go to weeks 15, 16, 17 to win it. Those two giant games late will decide it.
0: Well, that's an interesting thing from a fantasy standpoint, because Andrew, we're talking about having to push the ball a little bit more. That could be a good thing from a fantasy perspective, right?
2: No, I love it for the receivers, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard. People are trying to figure out, is there too many mouths to feed in this offense? But if this team has to now play a full four quarters, which wasn't the case last year where they would just run the ball in the second half of games because they were just blowing teams out. So I think it's great for fantasy football that the Eagles are going to be playing in more contested contests Um, where they're going to be going back and forth more with some of these other teams. I'm jealous
0: because Colin's out there having lunches with these important NFL people. I had lunch with Erickson last week. We went to a taco place in New York. (laughs) I don't know if the same kind of conversations (laughs) happened. I didn't get that same kind of buzz. All right, let's get to another question here on the board. Andrew, this one's for you. Will Brock Purdy pick up where he left off, or is everything going to fall apart in year two? Because let's be honest, it was another Cinderella story of epic proportions. Trey Lance looks like he's on the outs. I know Darnold's kicking around. So are you believing in Brock?
2: Uh, I'm not going to believe in Brock Purdy's 7.6 touchdown rate, which is basically him throwing at least two touchdowns in every single game for seven straight games, because that's better than Patrick Mahomes' career touchdown rate, which just happens to rank fifth all time (laughs) in NFL history. So anyone that (laughs) thinks that Brock Purdy's just going to step in and throw two touchdowns every single week, you're going to be wrong. Like, that's not going to happen with Brock Purdy. Can he be Kyle Shanahan's puppet as a guy that facilitates the offense? Probably. Like, we've seen him do this with Jimmy Garoppolo, with Nick Mullins, with CJ Beathard. Like, we've already seen this play out with a Shanahan quarterback. Brock Purdy works in this system, and they're going to have some success. But for him to have such a big edge and be as hot as he was last year... I don't think that's going to be the case whatsoever. He's going to show more of the reasons why he was a seventh round draft pick, why he was picked last. Like, I don't think that he necessarily has all of the intangibles and that upside. And ultimately the reason they drafted Trey Lance was because they wanted to get over the hump. And I don't think with Brock Purdy and his limitations as an athlete coming off this elbow injury that they are going to eventually get over the hump. So they'll be in the playoff contention like they are every year, still have a strong defense, but I would be betting against Brock Purdy and the 49ers.
0: Colin, you want to chime in here on Brock Purdy?
1: Yeah, he'll regress. No question. I have mm-hmm. Seattle winning the division. Um, it been a very distracting um, off-season. Trey Lance, mm-hmm. Sam Darnold. Uh, I think Darnold's a better two um, than Trey Lance, but I think he, come, he pulls back. They're very good. Seattle is younger, healthier, gets better. Young players tend to not get hurt as much, and when they do, they heal faster. San Francisco's getting old. A lot mm-hmm. of collisions Kittle, That's my concern. Debo, the window. Closes, yeah. Trent Williams. So Seattle will get injured like everybody else. The players will heal faster. And I
0: think the Niners um, will pull back. They'll be really good, but they'll pull back. All right. Answer this question with a name. Who's the first NFL head coach to go in 2023? Who will be relieved of his duties? Colin coward. What do you have? I think Ron Rivera. Um,
1: their schedule's tough early. Um, have a new ownership new owners always get their own gm and their coach right 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 yeah. um, they're not going to blame sam howell he is what he is they're going to let him go uh, i also think at some point they may move off players at the trade deadline if they you know they they may want to get to the caleb drake may sweepstakes what if they start two and four they may move off players ron Rivera. His fate is then sealed, right you know the, the I, I I don't I think if Ron won seven games eight, we'd go what a year They'd still move off him. So I think Ron
0: Rivera is a choice. All right before Colin gets to his five favorite surprise players of 2023, I got one more question for you. and this is a big one. Uh, you mentioned him earlier in the show, Sean Payton. can he turn around the Broncos in one year? I know we just got news today about Jerry Judy's injury now we don't have updates exactly what that is yet so it's kind of a loaded question, but I'll ask it anyway. Is that coaching upgrade enough where the Broncos can get on the right track or do they continue to struggle in this very competitive AFC West? I think they'll get on the right track, but that doesn't mean they'll make the
1: playoffs. They were 29th and getting plays in on offense and defense. They were a mess. They had to hire somebody to run the clock. That's not going to be a problem. You will watch the Broncos and you will feel most Sundays they are well coached and can win the game. But I don't think they're going to win more than 9, 10 games. They're not going to win 11, 12, 13. So you will see a well-run, lubricated organization. You will think that's a good team. Like the Chargers last year. I don't think you'll think they're a Super Bowl team. I think there's too many injuries. I think you're asking Sean to fix the culture, fix the quarterback, fix the O-line. That, fix, there's just too many fixes. So And there's too many teams in the AFC who have maybe one ask or one fix they have three to four so they'll
0: be a really good team but not great all right who could be great this year i know you put together a little list for us which is great uh, if you watch the herd you know colin's not above a good list once in a while i know i do uh and uh look you've got five names here and maybe some honorable mentions to some guys you think who could have really surprisingly good 2023 so who is on that list for you going into this season
1: I think Luke Musgrave is a rookie tight end for Green Bay. I watched him because I'm from the Pacific Northwest. I heard about him a couple years ago at Oregon State. He got hurt before the USC game and didn't play or, or the country would have seen him. Incredible speed for a tight end. Young quarterbacks, Jordan Love, love tight ends. They drafted two. I think we're going to see some young skill players in this league pop Luke Musgrave's one of them. Chris Olave, I think, is going to have a really interesting year. So, first of all, Ohio State's become an insane wide receiver school. My entire life, Ohio State was known for linebackers, <laughs> Russians. You know, it's like, when did they become wide receiver you? Uh, last but five, six I'm, years. Yeah. <laughs> That's when you, you go from Andy Dalton, Taysom Hill to Derek Carr. That's a real upgrade. And Derek, um, Olave gets open. Sometimes Derek doesn't have the confidence to throw people open. But Olave has the speed and twitchiness to get open. I think he's going to have a big year. Um, another player that they've been talking about in San Francisco, Brandon Iyuk. So Debo gets hurt. Kittle gets hurt. McCaffrey gets hurt. Ayuk is going to have a lot of catches. And so much of this offense, um, and, and Debo can be a little um it's not a negative. He's a little emotional. Like if he gets dinged, he may not, he may not want to play hurt. He may not want the running back touches. Ayuk wants the bag. He wants the touches. Give me the ball. George Kittle is not getting the bag in week five against the Rams, right? Like Ayuk wants. Touches, and I think Brock Purdy, a young quarterback, right? Garoppolo and Kittle were close. Um, I think Purdy, his guy, is going to become Brandon Ayuk, and I think Brandon's a really good player. Arizona State guy. I think he's going to have some some numbers. Um, I wrote this one down, although it's probably already baked in to your business. <laughs> I think Calvin Ridley is probably, you know, recency biased. Nobody's seen him play. Calvin Ridley's great. Like route runner, speed, twitchy, um, the the entire route tree. Uh, Doug Peterson, second year. If you go back to Jacksonville last year, you know, they kind of sputtered around. They had to clean up the Urban Meyer mess. And it was about week seven, week eight, week nine, from like, I think it was like week nine on. Trevor Lawrence was better than Patrick Mahomes in multiple numbers, right? It's like, oh, whoa, whoa. Now they weren't as good as Kansas City, but Trevor was carrying the load. So now Christian Kirk moves to a two, which is really what he is. Uh Evan Ingram doesn't have to be as dominant in that in that space. I Travis ATN to me has always been good at catching the football, a, a good dual back can do he does he's not just a downhill guy. Calvin Ridley is a 120 catch guy. And I think uh in a wonky division, um, Doug Peterson's system. I mean, people really like Doug. I, I thought if you looked, if you went to the last seven to eight games last year, the Steelers defense, the Jags offense, it was like, whoa, 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 young
0: quarterbacks, different looking team than eight weeks ago. I think Calvin Ridley's going to have a big year. Yeah. Really interesting, Lou, because Calvin Ridley's a guy started out as a value and he's been climbing up the boards here in our industry. Uh, almost to the point where now his ADP is going to a certain degree where he has to return that value almost. Not quite there, but just about on that that tilt. I got one more player because I know you had him down too. Olave's one of my favorite guys too. I want to get your take on Kenny Pickett because this is one too that has a lot of fantasy assets around him now, whether it be Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, and obviously you know Najee Harris, who was very good year one, disappointing last year. We can chalk that up to the O-line, to inconsistent quarterback play. Do you think Pickett is ready to make a jump? Well, I think Pickett's more mobile than people may understand.
1: He's not Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson, but if you go to last year's games, Kenny and the, the Steelers' O line has been really average. They just—it's like Buffalo. They—they they have talent. They can't figure it out, and he had to move last year. Kenny's mobile, and so Kenny's going to run for some touchdowns. And I—I I love their roster. I really do. I don't know if I love their offensive coordinator or their play calling, but I love their roster. And I think, you know, it's funny Burrow and Lamar and Deshaun Watson are getting all the pub. Pickett now moves into his prime. He's comfortable in the stadium. He played college football, they won seven of their last nine games. Uh, I, I don't see special, but again, like Jordan Love, the culture, the coach you know, with the Steelers defense. He's throwing when he wants to throw, not when he has to throw. I mean, Pittsburgh's defense is, you're not getting in the mid 20s on that. He's not gonna have to be in shootouts. He's gonna throw either leading or in situations where he's not desperate. I, I think he's gonna end up having a nice year. He's gonna get overshadowed in that quarterback division and in the AFC. But Kirk Cousins has been overshadowed for years and I don't know
0: how he plays in fantasy, but. Puts up nice numbers year oh, after he's year. QB nine last year in fantasy and nobody cares. And you know what he's going is <laughs> right now, you know, he's going QB 12. So he's the free quarterback in your single quarterback league that you can draft basically whenever, uh, real quick too. Cause I know you got to get out of here. I know you had one more name on your list. Jordan Addison, speaking of Kirk cousins, your ability to project a little bit of what Addison can do, taking the skill set from USC over here to Minnesota. Yeah, so he's a good route runner. He's feisty. Uh, For
1: a guy that's not considered a burner at USC, he was always wide open. It's like the Cooper Cup thing. It's like, why is he so – Jordy Nelson, why is he so wide open? (laughs) Jordan got doubled at USC, was always open. Good hands. um, He's slight. He's not big. This may be a guy that plays 14 to 15 games a year. He'll never get doubled because of Justin Jefferson. He'll never get doubled. So he'll beat single coverage. he's slippery. he kind of explodes out of his routes. he's sneaky fast. Um, again, routes, hands, deceptive speed. Um, really a quiet kid really he came into USC was a complete grown-up. just not distracted by LA at all. Just may have been the quietest guy in the team. So he's an adult. He'll come in to that organization. And he'll match Kirk Cousins because Justin's got some flair, right? Like Mm -hmm. this kid's a grinder. He'll come in. He'll work hard. He'll make 64 catches, six touchdowns because, you know, Jefferson's going to take so much of the coverage gets rolled over. So he's an interesting one. I worry about his health because he's not big. Like he is slight, slight. like like Devontae
0: (laughs) Smith, like really slight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Agreed 100%.